On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks lost once again last night, falling 4-1 to the Dallas Stars. I'll go over the implications of their sixth consecutive loss, and I'll also talk about Captain Jonathan Taves returning to the morning skate. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, March 29th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2 or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, whether you're a first-time listener of the show or even if you're a consistent listener, either way, please do me a huge favor. Make sure to go and show some support. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously. And while you're there, make sure to smash that like button, comment down below, and turn on those push notifications to get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And for you audio folks... Go and follow the podcast as well, 100% for free, wherever you may be listening to your podcast. And you can also leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And as a spoiler alert, as I'll be talking about more after our first commercial break, you're going to have to do that anyways to qualify for the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'm giving away on April 10th against the Minnesota Wild. So make sure to do all of that good stuff, folks. I greatly appreciate all the support. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all, as always, for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. To open things up this morning, let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks' putrid performance last night against the Dallas Stars to pick up their sixth consecutive loss. And quite honestly, this was the Hawks' worst performance during their recent skit, at least in my opinion. Uh, I know they have lost recently 5-0 to the Colorado Avalanche and lost 6-1 to the Washington Capitals uh, not too long ago as well. But this one, to me, was the real stinker of the bunch. The Hawks just kind of let Dallas do whatever they wanted for the first 40 minutes of of this game. Their legs weren't ever really underneath them. I thought the skating wasn't didn't feel like they had their 100% intensity. The intensity level wasn't where it needed to be. The passing was also extremely sloppy. It felt like anytime the Hawks had a chance to get something going the other direction, they just made a bad pass and it completely ruined all of their momentum. Just a lot of sloppy play from start to finish. They also struggled mightily once again to create anything significant offensively. I mean, the Hawks only had, this is not a misread. The Hawks had five shots on goal with two or three minutes left in the second period. I mean, they couldn't do anything all night long. They finished with, I believe, only four high danger chances in total in this game. Just an ugly performance from the Blackhawks. The Stars had all the momentum early on. They jumped out to a 4 to nothing lead. One of those also uh, came well shorthanded. The Blackhawks had one power play opportunity on the night. One. And not only did they fail to convert, I believe they're now one for their last 20 on the man advantage, but they also gave up a shorthanded goal to Luke Glenn Denning. It was just one of those nights for the Chicago Blackhawks, probably one of their uh, worst performances of the entire season, if I'm being honest. But 
there are still some positive takeaways from this disgusting showing last night on home ice. First, defenseman Alex Vlasic played in his first NHL game of the season. And quite frankly, he picked up right where he left off towards the end of last year when uh, he was up in his first stint with the Blackhawks. And kind of a similar situation to Wyatt Kaiser, as I talked about a few days ago. Uh, Vlasic first joined the team after signing out of college and didn't really get a whole lot of action in his first couple of weeks with the club. But once he started to get acclimated and more comfortable and establish some chemistry and also just got more and more experience under his belt, by the end of it, he was playing really strong and was, you know, getting right around 20 minutes of ice time for the Blackhawks in their final games of last season. He had yet to be up in the NHL so far this year, but was having a really sturdy season down with the Rockford Ice Hogs. The Blackhawks elected to call him up, and I thought he had a marvelous uh, season debut last night against the Stars, looking really comfortable all night long. He used his reach to his advantage, broke up a ton of plays in the defensive zone, um, just being a, a thorn in the side to play against because he's so long and lengthy. I mean, that's really the bread and butter for Alex Vlasic's game. I know he's six seven, and um, people kind of think he's going to be the most physical and rugged defenseman. That's not necessarily his style. While he can, you know, use his size to his advantage and pin someone along the boards, I think the reach is really going to be his most useful asset because guys just really can't get that close to him because his stick's so long, his reach is so long, he's able to break a lot of stuff up. And he did that to a T last night. And I also really liked how Coach Luke Richardson recognized that Vlasic in his first game of the season brought his A game, that he was ready to go and ready to jump into a big role at the NHL level. He ended up leading all Blackhawks skaters with 19 minutes and 53 seconds of time on ice last night in his season debut, a rare night where Seth Jones doesn't reach 20 minutes. That does not happen very often, Blackhawks fans. But the reason it did was because Luke Richardson recognized that Alex Vlasic was on his A game and gave him the proper amount of ice time that he deserved. I love to see that from Richardson and love to see a strong first showing of the season up in the NHL out of Alex Vlasic. Also, we saw fellow defenseman Wyatt Kaiser, who I just talked about a moment ago, tally his first career NHL point last night, picking up a secondary assist on Tyler Johnson's goal, which I'll also get into here in just a moment. But offensively, I thought this was Kaiser, at least in the second half of the game, I thought this was the most comfortable Wyatt Kaiser looked on the offensive side of things. Jumping up into plays, good recognition in the offensive zone and in transition. He had a really nice play in transition where he was the fourth skater into the rush, was undefended, calling for the puck on the ice. They tried to get it over to him. Unfortunately, the pass didn't fully get all the way over, but I love that recognition from Wyatt Kaiser. And those are the parts of his game that really have had me excited about his future when he was with the University of Minnesota Duluth, because that's probably one of the biggest strengths of his game is how he's able to use his high-end skating ability to jump up into plays and transition and also lug the puck through the neutral zone himself. Those are kind of uh, the best assets for Wyatt Kaiser, and I thought he did that stuff really well last night, probably as well he's, as he's done it um, so far in his short NHL career. And then on the on the play where he picked up an assist, it was a heck of a play by Kaiser, not only to keep that puck at the blue line, but also to recognize, to use his hockey IQ and realize the Stars got caught with a couple of forwards up too high. Kaiser was able to drag that puck to the net. Good, good retrieval by Kaiser, by the way, kicking it to his stick. Fires a backhander on net. Tyler Johnson's able to jump on it for the rebound. 
uh, that wound up being the lone Hawks goal of the night. But good for Tyler Johnson, finally breaking his dry, dry spell, snapping a 14-game goal drought for his ninth tally of the season. You know that one had to feel good for TJ because he had just been so snake-bitten in the last couple of weeks. He actually had 36 shots on goal during his 14-game goal drought. None of them found the back of the net. Really good to see Tyler finally snapped that goal drought last night. And as I mentioned, that wound up being the only uh, offense that the Blackhawks were able to put up all night long. All right, coming up in just a moment, folks, I will talk more about Antti Sorella becoming the latest prospect to sign his entry-level contact contract. And I'll also talk about Captain Jonathan Taves returning to the morning skate. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel because the second half of the NBA season is here. We're getting down the stretch of the season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Because if you're a new customer, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. You just got to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. For all you Bulls fans out there, you certainly got to check out FanDuel because you can bet on everything Bulls from money line to their points spread to the players' points. And you can even bet on the amount of threes made by Zach Levine, Io DeSumo, and DeMar DeRozan. Plus, FanDuel allows you the opportunity to combine your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I go and get into segment two, for those who still may be unaware at this point, your boy over here is giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to the game on April 10th against the Minnesota Wild, the second to last home game of the season. And all you need to do in order to qualify is three simple things. First, you got to leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Second, make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review. And third, you got to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. The reason why you need to drop the name of your YouTube channel in your review and why that's so critical is because that's how I'm going to check that you're subscribed to the channel. And you have to do all three things in order to have a chance to win those two free tickets to the Blackhawks' second-to-last home game of the season on April 10th against the Minnesota Wild. All right, segment two. On the show yesterday, I talked about how Scott Powers of The Athletic uh, wrote up a column about how Antti Sorella could potentially be the next Blackhawks prospect to sign his entry-level contract. Well, it looks like Scott's got a crystal ball or something because just hours after he posted that column and like two hours after I talked about it here on the podcast, the Hawks did in fact sign the 21-year-old Antti Sorella to a two-year entry-level deal worth just short of $900,000. As I talked about on the show yesterday, the Hawks' 2019 fourth-round pick has spent the last four years playing professionally in Finland's Liga, where he's really developed his skating ability along with his strength. And as I mentioned yesterday as well, uh, speed's kind of the name of the game when we talk about Sorella, and we heard Blackhawks assistant general manager Mark Eaton mentioned that speed is really the differentiator when it comes to anti Sorella. And he also mentioned that his speed is world class. And we know the Blackhawks certainly could use more speed on up and down their roster, particularly 
at the forward group. And that's been a focus of general manager Kyle Davidson's since he's taken over in that position. He's really done a good job, I've thought, of adding speed to the prospect pool and also the trades that he's made, getting players that can skate and create things. Sam Lafferty, I thought, was a perfect example of that. And under, you know, at the time when the Blackhawks acquired him, I'm sure there wasn't much chatter about Sam Lafferty, but he turned out to be one of the best skaters in the league and probably the best skater on the Blackhawks other than Andreas Athanasiou, who can absolutely fly. Um, so this has been a good focal point for the Blackhawks organization moving forward because speed's kind of the name of the game in today's NHL, especially when it comes to playoff hockey. It's just so fast out there. And I was watching the Blackhawks play the Wild yeah, it was just two games ago. And that game looked like it was going on in slow motion. No, it was the game against the Capitals. The game against the Capitals looked like it was happening in slow motion. Neither of those teams have any speed. And it was like, wow, it's really evident why both of these teams aren't very good and why the Caps are uh, likely not going to be making the playoffs once again this season. So um, getting back to Sorella, the speed, I do think that makes him a, a very intriguing type of prospect. While he hasn't necessarily developed the offensive side of his game over in Finland, he had uh, 18 points in 41 games, I want to say, this season. So maybe not the most productive offensive player, but that apparently doesn't seem to be a worry for the Blackhawks. They really like that he has that speed, and they're confident that he'll be able to, you know, at least kind of uh, continue to develop that side of the game. Knowing that he has the speed already, that gives him a little bit more uh, room to grow, I think, because when you have that speed already as a baseline, if you're able to put something together offensively, and look, I'm not saying Sorella is going to be a point-per-game guy in all likelihood. He's probably a bottom sixer, but if he can piece together another valuable part of his game, that's really, I think, what's going to take him over the hump and make him potentially an NHL or so. Uh, I'm intrigued by the signing of Anti Sorella for sure. I am going to be interested to see if he does elect to come over to North America, I talked yesterday. That's always a gamble with drafting and signing these guys. Is Sorella going to come over from Finland? This is usually more of an issue with Russians in particular. I do think Sorella is likely to come over, but if slash when he does, especially if it's going to be this year, is he going to go report to Rockford? Is he going to get some action in down there? I imagine he'll likely be joining the Ice Hogs if I had to guess, but still some details to be ironed out. Uh, following the signing of Anti Sorella. Oh, I also forgot to mention this in segment one, folks. I did want to talk about Blackhawks forward Philip Kurashev officially being shut down for the rest of the season. Kurashev was on the receiving end of a bad hit by the goon named Tom Wilson in the Blackhawks game against the Capitals recently. He caught Kurashev defenseless in the offensive zone without the puck, might I add. Uh, and recently we've seen Kurashev. obviously he hasn't played in the Blackhawks last couple of games, wasn't participating at practice. In fact, we actually saw him wearing a sling over his left arm and the Blackhawks have now just elected to shut him down for the remainder of the season. The good news is they didn't do that because it's not like he's going to need surgery or anything. No, that's, that's not the case whatsoever. That's the positive news. They just want to be safe with Kurashev. There's just no need to be rushing him back at this point in the season with nothing left to play for. In fact, you can actually make the argument that for the Blackhawks front office, there's actually an incentive not to play Kurashev the rest of the season, given how uh, things have been going in the tankathon standings. Not only have the Blackhawks lost six consecutive games, folks, but how about those San Jose Sharks? Last night, they blanked the Winnipeg Jets three to nothing, and they have now jumped the Chicago Blackhawks in the standings. A massive development 
with just eight games left in the season. The Sharks are one point ahead of the Blackhawks now in third to last place. The Blackhawks sit in second to last with 54 points through 74 games, just one point ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they do have one game in hand. All right, coming up in just a moment, Hawks fans, I will talk about Captain Jonathan Taves returning to the ice with his teammates for the morning skate. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. And I know some of you are asking right now, well, what makes Built Bar so good? First off, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate and come in delicious flavors such as cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and plenty more. Plus, they only have 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every single bar. And right now, you can go on down to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get you your Built Bars. You used to have to order these online and wait for them to get delivered to your front door. But now go on down to Walmart or Sam's Club and get you a four pack of cookies and cream, double chocolate, cinnamon churro, whatever flavor you want to try. I promise it's going to be delicious and you'll be thanking me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, before I wrap up today's show, I definitely wanted to talk about Captain Jonathan Taves kind of surprising everyone yesterday by joining his teammates for the morning skate ahead of the matchup against the Dallas Stars. And while we had heard recently from head coach Luke Richardson, we heard from him on Sunday, actually, that Taves was not only on the ice Sunday morning, but Saturday morning as well, finally returning to the ice for the first time since January 28th prior to the NHL All-Star break. Um, but with that being the case, I still don't think anyone expected Taves to rejoin his teammates this swiftly. Um, but that's definitely a good sign for the Blackhawks captain that he's heading in the right direction. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it was awesome to see him back out there with the guys yesterday, you know, just kind of uh, shooting the shit, if you will, catching up, roughhousing with the guys, chatting it up, talking strategy, just seeming to be enjoying himself and enjoying being out there with his guys and enjoying the moment. And, you know, when the reports surfaced, I think it was last week or two weeks ago from uh, John Dietz of the Daily Herald that Taves is, you know, seriously contemplating retirement at the end of the season. I think a lot of us Blackhawks fans at that point kind of accepted that, um, wow, it's kind of crazy just looking around my room and seeing all the Jonathan Taves memorabilia right now. Um I think a lot of us had accepted that we had potentially already seen, probably already seen, it felt like the last of Jonathan Taves in a Blackhawk sweater, that he had already had his final moments with this organization. Um, but now Taves is back on the ice, looking good. Things are heading in the right direction. He's smiling. He's enjoying himself. And even Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times frequent guest here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast mentioned on Twitter yesterday that just kind of based on the interactions that Taze was having and how energetic he looked and how much fun he was having. And Ben Pope wasn't the only one to say this, by the way. Charlie Romeliotis and a couple of other Blackhawks media folks reiterated on this point too. But they all said it seems pretty likely that Taze is going to be able to suit up for at least one or two games before the season comes to a close. And I know that we are starting to get into crunch time here, right? I've talked many a times 
about how the Blackhawks only have eight games left in the season. And I believe uh, the year comes to a close on April 13th. So we only got like 15 or 16 days left in the entire year. So we're starting to run out of time here. And obviously Jonathan Taves isn't just going to get thrown right back into game action after he was away from the ice for two months. No, they're going to have to condition him. He's going to have to get back into game shape and get back up to speed and everything. Um, But this does feel like he's headed in the right direction for a potential comeback. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say for sure that Jonathan Taves is going to come back, but all signs are kind of, pointing in that direction. And um, I just think it would be really awesome to see Jonathan Taves as all Blackhawks fans, I'm sure would feel it would be really cool considering Patrick Kane obviously has come and gone at this point, all the Blackhawks legends that have come and gone at this point, you know, for Kaner, we kind of did get a final ceremony at the UC. I think everyone kind of realized that the time was ticking, but I don't think you really realize truthfully what you have until it's gone. Well, with Jonathan Taves, it feels like this is one of the only situations where we kind of recognize fully what's going on ahead of us. Obviously there, there's so much up in the air with Taves' career, not only just being an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, but there are, you know, obviously those reports about retirement and can, given that what Taves talked about in the Blackhawks locker room, how he talked about how, Back in January, that's really when he started struggling and the grind of the season just kind of took its toll. And he got to a point where he felt like being out there on the ice day in and day out was doing more damage to his body than it was good. And I'm sure that had to be a scary thing for Taves to deal with. And I'm sure he didn't want to come to this decision, but he elected to step away from the team for uh, two months, you know. But to hear Taves talk about how aware he is that this could be his final stretch with the Blackhawks. And for us fans, we're obviously all aware of that too. It would just be a very, it would seem, it seems like it would be a very heartwarming moment to see the Blackhawks captain get a couple more moments and a couple more cheers from the fans at the UC. I think that's an opportunity that you don't really get like that when you realize the end of the road is coming. Look, unless Jonathan Taves doesn't get any offers from other NHL clubs and Chicago and he recognizes is the best place for him in his career. His Blackhawks career is coming to an end folks. Like we have probably two weeks left in Jonathan Taze's time as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. And if he gets to go out there and game action and get a round of applause at the UC, just one more time, I, I would be really happy for that because just a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think we were going to get that opportunity whatsoever. And this is coming from someone who is always on the side of, Oh, Jonathan Taves is a competitor. He's going to do everything in his power to get back there. I didn't really think retirement was going to be a legitimate option for him until those reports from John Dietz surfaced. But to hear Taves talk about how he realizes this could be his final stretch with the Blackhawks, you know, with everything in his future up in the air. Uh, I, I think that, you know, is another motivating factor for him, to get back on the ice as well. Obviously, I don't think he's going to push his body past, you know, any limits or anything. He's not going to do something stupid and crazy to put his body in jeopardy, but it just feels like that's another little added boost for Jonathan Taves to get back. So we'll have to wait and see if Taves does wind up getting back into the lineup before the Blackhawks season comes to a close, because as I said, it would be really freaking awesome to get a couple more moments out of him before it's all said and done. And I'd love to cheer on the captain one more time in a Blackhawk sweater before the summer reaches.
All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, March 29th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure, if you haven't already, to go and show some support by following the podcast. It's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. And make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.